It's the boy, bubba, let's come in through Ella clutch, flawless, can't be touched It's your boy, bubba, let's, yeah I need that hot take, I need the truth and everything that is not fake So tell me who's Welcome back, Bubba Bunch, to another episode of the Bubble Let Sports Podcast, episode 175 This is the Cowboys versus Giants review And it's, it's tough it, it really is tough because, of course, Cowboys come out with a win like I thought they would in a very close game, divisional game, with the New York Giants. And it doesn't feel like a win at all. And I don't think that coming out of Dallas that anybody feels good about what happened on Sunday afternoon. Um, I All of you know already, Dak Prescott dislocated and fractured his ankle in a horrific tackle and play um, very late in this football game and it it was gruesome it was one of the most gruesome injuries I've seen in a long time and it couldn't have happened to a a better guy and let's not forget that Tristan Hill as well is going to be out for this season due to a torn ACL which just adds on to an ugly ugly list of injuries around the NFL an improving guy defensively the uh, the coaching staff, the defensive coordinator, and all, all of the defensive coaching staff were high on Tristan Hill. Improvement all around in the offseason and into this season. He did show a lot of improvement in his passing coverage, but I felt like he had a lot to learn on the running part of it. He played 100% every down that I saw him in, and yes, I did see improvement from him throughout this season, and to see a guy like that in an already battered inside defensive line for the Cowboys. It's going to be tough for the rest of the season for the Cowboys to really hold down the middle of the middle of the, the line. As far as that, uh, as far as that goes, uh, he's going to be out for four to six months. Um, Dak's probably going to make it a little bit shorter than that, but more than likely it's going to be done for the rest of the season. Now, is there a slight chance that he could come back? Yes, but would I take that chance knowing what this football team is about right now through five weeks of football? I'm not taking that chance. I'm not going into week 17, week 18, and if they make the playoffs, a divisional round, a wild card, and say, let's put in Dak Prescott for his first start since the injury. I don't want to do that. I do think Dak's going to come back better than ever. Is there a slight chance to where I feel like this may ruin the future? of not only Dak Prescott, but for the Dallas Cowboys as well. I hate to think about that, but it is an, a chance. There is an opportunity that that might happen. And it's it's tough to say, but, I mean, we just got to be real. You know, what if he comes back and he's not the same quarterback? What if he, same thing with like RG3 or Karsten Wentz, that's very close to home for the Cowboys, that... They just come back and they're not the same player. You you want to see glimpses of those old days, right? Where Dak just, you know, takes the hit. Or he makes the play downfield that not many other quarterbacks can in the NFL. And those start to deteriorate throughout the years. And you just start to think about the Tony Romo era. And this is where I got a little emotional thinking about it. Because I, I did get emotional when he was on that cart throwing up his fist 
and everybody's giving them a standing ovation, players on both sides, coaching staff on both sides, and everybody is heartbroken for Dak because, of course, it is Dak Prescott. This man's been through so much, and he deserves the success that he's gotten and, and that he's yet to come. The man has dealt with personal issues of his mom dying of cancer many years ago, his brother dying of suicide earlier this year and having to deal with depression, anxiety throughout the quarantine, and to get criticized and scrutinized for being the Cowboys quarterback throughout the last four years. This man deserves better. He's always deserved better. He is a great player and a great leader, and it showed on that field. This man tried to put in a fractured and dislocated ankle back into place by smashing his leg into the ground. That That's not a regular individual. And for those that that have even still criticized Dak after the injury or not given his, their prayers or their condolences, and they still think that they deserve to criticize this man, he's a human being at the end of the day, that if you broke your ankle the way that he did on Sunday, your, your life would, would just fall apart. Like, you, you wouldn't know what to do. This man tried to put it back into place and broke down crying because not because of the injury, not because of the money that he'll get in the contract is now gone. It's because he didn't fight all the way for his football team. And he knows the implications of what that means for the Cowboys in this season. This was supposed to be their season. This was supposed to be the greatest season for, for this offense. They had weapons across the board. And then you have Don't uh, you have Blake Jarwin go down. Then you have Dak Prescott go down. Then you have Amari Cooper, all the struggles that he's having. And you start to feel like it's just never going their way. Their offensive line is falling apart. You know, all those guys going on IR and the consideration that maybe some of them are going to get retired. It's it's a tough pill to swallow. It really is. So with Dak, it's, it's a horrific injury. And what that means for the Cowboys going on, it's the same thing that I saw with Tony Romo. Remember the first time he broke his collarbone? Remember the first time he... He hurt his back. You felt like they are wasting his his career. You feel that Tony should have won a, a title. Dak is the same exact way for me. He deserves to win a title for how much of a leader he is and how great of a person he is. The, the amount of struggles he's dealt with over the last four years, ever since entering the league, even before that in college, dealing with his mom having cancer. And... This man just continues to strive forward and to be motivated and to be a great person, to speak out about his mental health and mental illnesses, breaking that stigma of it's not a bad thing to have anxiety or depression. It's, you can, I'm just a human being just like you. I may make $37 million a year, but I'm just like you because I deal with these things. And to have a guy like that, that has been a role model for not only the Cowboys, but for the NFL to go down like that is terrible. So four to six months for a dislocated fractured ankle. I I, I truly did get emotional because I, I I you don't want it to happen to anybody, right? No one deserves that type of pain, that type of injury. I can't think of any other person on that team that deserves it less than Dak Prescott. That should never have to deal with this type of injury or this type of of problem as a player. 
He's the most durable player I've ever seen for the Cowboys. Most durable player I've ever seen. And he's never missed a start. He's been banged up. He's got a few concussions. I guarantee you, he's been like his got the knock wind or the wind knocked out of him. He has hurt his hand a plenty of times, and yet he is there on every snap, and he is there in every start. And this will be the first time in his career that he has missed a start. And I say kudos to you, Dak Prescott, because if it was a slight sprain, a slight contusion of any kind around the body this man would have been playing next week but unfortunately that's not the case it's a freak accident and, and um logan ryan deserves no criticism no hate at all because it wasn't intentional it wasn't in any way supposed to happen that way it was a freak accident of a tackle and his entire weight fell on the ankle of Dak Prescott in a weird way to where it dislocated completely. So, and Logan Ryan feels so bad. And he's come out and said, I'm sorry. But it's not his fault. This could have happened to anybody. It still could happen to anybody around the league. It's, I, for all that he's dealt with and all that he's done this season for the Cowboys, this is the worst case scenario for the Cowboys. And I will absolutely bring up the fact that some of these analysts even Hall of Fame guys like Tony Dungy or Booger McFarland have come out and said, maybe this is a blessing in disguise and they can play better with Andy Dalton. I will tell you straight up right now, I have no faith in Andy Dalton. I know he finished the game, and I know he ultimately made the, the great throws to put him in position to win the football game. But long term, I have seen this guy play for the Bengals for over 10 years. And I don't see a playoff caliber quarterback. I don't think this Cowboys team is ready in general for the playoffs. So it's not just Andy Dalton. It's this whole team collectively that still needs a lot of improvement. They got the win on Sunday. But like I mentioned in the preview, it's a lose-lose for the Cowboys. If you win, you beat the Giants. They're winless. Who cares? And then if you lose, then it's rock bottom. Well, even though you got the win, I still feel like it's rock bottom because you lost the most important player on your team. You lost your leader in an overwhelming sense of injury-plagued Dallas teams. This is the worst one of them all. This was the guy that was carrying you to, to close games, even if they were losses. Get you back into football games and get you the win. And, and now you don't have that. And I don't feel like Andy Dalton down 14-21 or 28 will give them any chance of getting back in the football game. I really don't. Because now they have to rely on Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. And that offensive line, who did look pretty good. They were the best. And Kellen Moore has come out and said, look, we're not the best offensive line. We're not the strongest. Where We're going to be gritty. We're going to be really, I mean, we're going to be resilient. And we're gonna try. We're gonna give it all out on the field, and I appreciate Kellen Moore for being honest about that. He he's not thinking that this is perfect, but it's it's far from perfect. Let's see what we can do with it. Let let's see where we can go from here. And so, moving on from the Dak Prescott, Tristan Hill stuff, because we can talk about that all day and how impactful it is for the Cowboys going forward. Let's talk about this game really quick. You know, 
It's exactly what I thought was going to happen. I thought they were going to, with this defense being so bad, I thought Daniel Jones and this running game was going to have a good day. I thought they would make them look really good offensively. With a team that has only scored three offensive touchdowns the entire season and scored, what, nine in one game? I mean, they, they, they don't know how to score points. Yet they put up 34 on the board. And I will say, the defense improved as the game went along. There were some players, some individuals, and overall plays where I'm like, that, that was actually a good play. You guys actually executed that perfectly. And, of course, they got the fumble recovery from Anthony Brown off a strip sack of Demarcus Lawrence, which was their only turnover of the game. And I felt like they could have done that more. They got pressure on the quarterback. They did pressure him a good amount, but they couldn't finish the plays. They, they were there. They had Daniel Jones in their hands, but could not bring him down. And credit to Daniel Jones for sticking with the play and committing. But if you're the Cowboys defensive line, you got to execute that. you got to finish the play. And there are some individuals on that defensive line where I'm like, I've given up. I have absolutely given up. Uh, it was the first game that Mike Nolan was on the sideline rather than up in the stands. Um, and he actually felt that it did improve his play calling and the adjustments that he could have made throughout the game. And I think it showed in the second half. Their first half was pretty bad. I want to look at the stats of how much they averaged per rush in the first half because it felt like five or six at least. Wayne Gallman and Devontae Freeman had themselves a good day in the first half because uh, credit to the offensive line for the New York Giants, they did fairly well. You know, a growing offensive line like we talked about in the preview. But Andrew Thomas looked good. And their interior looked good, so that way they can open up some holes, open up the gaps for these running backs. And if you look at the stats, let me pull them up. I mean, Darius Slayton had eight receptions on 11 targets, 129 yards. Didn't find the end zone, though, but definitely gave them opportunities to get more points. Devontae Freeman ended with 60 yards on 17 carries. Not bad. Daniel Jones, I mean, he didn't make mistakes. You know, other than the strip sack... He's known for not keeping the ball in his hands. He's known for fumbling a lot. That was his only bad moment really in the game. I felt like he did a good job of reading the coverage, of finding those gaps, those holes in the defense that are very well known in Dallas. And he picked up the blitz fairly well. His offensive line did the, the majority of the work. And he, I mean, he completed 20 of 33, 222 yards. His rating was 80.6. Not bad. You know, uh, I mean, it, it's it's Daniel Jones, right? I'm not going to be high on Daniel Jones and anything against this defense. Well, it's nothing to, to really look into other than a good day at the office, right? Um, I'm Look, Daniel, Jalen Smith played well. I, I genuinely was impressed by Jalen Smith. He did improve this week. His leadership and the opportunity to make big plays for him, definitely was shown on Sunday, especially on screenplays. He read them extremely well, which is something the Cowboys have struggled with this entire season. So credit to Jalen Smith for really putting in the effort, really putting in the work this week on film. And overall, I felt like the effort that was a problem to me last week against the Browns improved this week. More communication, more effort. I did feel that at some points they were tired and they didn't get up to the line. One of those um, plays was the uh, fake field goal that ended up coming back because of a legal shift on Andrew Thomas. 
but or it was Cameron Fleming, excuse me. And if he if he got lined up a second before that snap, that's a touchdown, and it really changes the tides for this football game, and it really can go in favor of the Giants. So if it wasn't for that flag, you look at the Cowboys, and they're not even lined up, and I could name about two or three plays that they weren't lined up in time, and that's really, really a lack of effort and discipline. So there is still improvement to be made. Overall, they made some good plays, especially in the linebacker position. Joe Thomas, Jalen Smith, they're probably the MVPs on this on this uh, defensive side. Demarcus Lawrence, who has been the most consistent player on this defensive line, and this defense really just reads running plays really well and got the strip sack to give him an extra opportunity to score points, which they did. You never see turnovers. You never see points scored off of turnovers in Dallas. So good to them. They still lost a turnover battle, and that's on the offense. One of them was the interception pick six by Dak Prescott. Really bad throw by him. And then the second one was the botched snap on Andy Dalton uh, under center, which is, it's Biotish and Andy Dalton not having that relationship yet, not having the reps yet. So that will improve. That's kind of a once in a, a few games type of thing, once in a season type of thing. So I don't think that's anything to look into as Andy Dalton will get the first reps uh, from this point forward. So, I want to talk about mainly the two guys on the defensive line that just deserve to be benched. And this is where I feel like this is still a coaching problem. This is still a front office issue. You put so much effort into going to the offseason and say, who is going to give us a great opportunity to win football games? Who is going to be that interior help on that defensive line? And who can rush the quarterback? We're going to stuff the run on the inside because we need to. That's where a lot of these opposing teams get us at the end of the day, but also we need to rush the quarterback. I know our secondary isn't the best, but if we can get to the quarterback at a reasonable time, then we can definitely give them some wiggle room and a few seconds to make up for the bad play in the secondary. And that was said on Gerald McCoy, Don Terry Poe, and Everson Griffin. Gerald McCoy, I don't know how much of an impact he can be if he was in this game or in these last few games where the Cowboys have given up a lot of rushing yards and they've also given up a lot of free time for the quarterback to throw down the field. So do I feel like Jeremy McCoy would have been an extreme impact on the positive side? No. I think it would have been better to have him. It Everson Griffin and Don Terry Poe are playing some of the worst football I've ever seen them play. Don Terry Poe is non-existent he might as well be off the field I saw more effort out of Tyron Crawford in a, a, a slight percentage of the plays that Don Terry Poe played and I saw more effort out of Crawford Don Terry Poe is just there like he's just the body and then you look at Everson Griffin who's supposed to be one of the best pass rushers in the NFL the dude balled out in Minnesota last year and they were a part of one of the best defensive lines in football. He had, and we'll, we'll talk about this, and I'll, I'll break down that play later on this week when we do a film session. But there's one play to where it was, was it Alden Smith or Demarcus Lawrence? One of those two was freed up to rush. And they were unblocked. So it made Devontae Freeman cut inside rather than go on the outside. And Everson Griffin is opened up. 
I mean, he's right in front of Devontae Freeman. And the man tried to tackle him without any arms. He tried to tackle him with his arms down. I saw no effort out of Everson Griffin in that play. And he got absolutely broken. He got passed by real quick by Devontae Freeman. It's it's absolutely embarrassing to watch Everson Griffin play. And with Randy Gregory coming back, I saw one of the analysts on Twitter, I forget who, they said they, they should really consider dropping and cutting Everson Griffin from this football team when Reg- Randy Gregory comes back. And I am all on board with that. I say make it a package deal, throw in Don Terry Pole while you're at it. The fact that they think those two guys who have a combined two All-Pro seasons, multiple Pro Bowls, and plenty of sacks in their careers, the fact that they are playing the worst football I've ever seen them play, their, reli- their liabilities on the football field, and they're still the starting defensive tackle and defensive end for this football team, is unacceptable. And that's where it falls on the coaching staff and the front office for saying, we're, we're good with our guys. We're confident in our guys. We like our guys, as the quote says in Dallas right now. We like our guys. I don't like either of those guys right now. And what, Everson Griffin signed to a one-year deal and Dontre Post signed for a couple of years? I may have them flipped, but it's not just one season and they're done. I'm seeing a reoccurrence of what Michael Bennett was last season. Remember when they signed Michael Bennett and I came on this podcast and said, do I, do I love the move? No. We'll see what happens, but this can either be really good or really bad. And it ended up being really bad because Michael Bennett was there. He was a body. That's all he was. He made one play. I, from, from that last part of the season. I don't remember him being anything else. He was supposed to be a leader on, on that locker room. Cowboys defense was one of the worst things I've seen in many years last season. And they're even worse this year with a better roster. So with those two, I'd, I'd give the opportunities to Neville Gallimore. I'd give the opportunities to Antoine Woods. I'd give the opportunities to Tyron Crawford. All day, every day of the week, twice on Sunday, especially on Sunday, because of how bad they're doing. And I'm not talking about, look, I've talked to a lot of people about this, and Cowboys fans, regular fans, I get it. Scheme, system, it's new in Dallas with Mike Nolan, and it's going to take some time. I 100% agree that the scheme and the system is completely different from what you saw in Rod Marinelli. Marinelli was fundamentals. That's all he cared about. It was, you know, bend, don't break, but it was a really bad version of that because the personnel wasn't all there. And so now you go into a Mike Nolan system, and he brought it all out on the field this week. He blissed a lot. He said, look, we're nowhere near perfect on the secondary, and we don't have real, like, good safeties. Who was the man that came in 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 this game? Steven Parker. Now, no disrespect to the brother, but who the hell is Steven Parker? I gotta look him up. I'll look him up later on. Steven Parker came into this game as a safety. For some reason, right? Even Bradley and I came into this game and played a snap. Good for him. It was a QB hit. Good for him. I'd love to see him more often. With the way that Everson Griffin plays, I'd rather see Bradley right now. Because I want these other guys to get opportunities based on how bad these two guys have been playing. And Xavier Woods, Darian, Tom, uh, Darian Thompson, and Donovan Wilson, who did get the start this week, 
I gotta look at the film, but do I, I sense a, a big change coming? No. But I, I feel like if you're adding on Donovan Wilson, Stephen Parker, you're, you're just looking at what works. And you still have to learn a lot from this point forward. And I think Mike Nolan being on the sideline helped a lot. But you're thinking to yourself, look, man, we, we need to get the quarterback. We're going to give him the big plays if he has any time to throw, like they did in Seattle with Russell Wilson, in Dallas against Cleveland when Baker, even the rod receivers had plenty of time to throw, and they just made all the ridiculous plays possible. And so we need to rush the quarterback. We're bringing the blitz. It's a corner blitz, safety blitz, linebacker blitz. It worked for this team. It didn't work every single time. I think that Daniel Jones was composed in some of his throws. He did find to where they would send a running back or a tight end on a flat route or a wheel route that was picked up by one of the linebackers that opened up that slant route for either Darius Slayton or Golden Tate. And it worked every single time because there was no communication between that secondary. So there's still a lot to work for. There's still a lot to improve on that defensive side. And I get it. Scheme fits system. It's a work in progress. What I'm seeing out of Everson Griffin and Don Terry Poe is, is effort. It's undisciplined play. That's something that can't be coached. That's something that you should learn day one fundamentals. If you don't have the fundamentals, then there's no reason to go forward with this. And you are a veteran. You are you are a all-pro player in Everson Griffin. You had over 10 sacks last year. Don Terry Poe, you're an all-pro as well. You had many great years in, in, in Carolina in your previous teams. You know how to play the position. You're a nose tackle. You're supposed to stuff the run. You're supposed to be a menace. You're just supposed to be a disruption. You're the reason why they're gaining six or seven yards on a run. You're the reason why they pick up the extra two or three yards past the line of scrimmage because you're not putting in that extra effort. You're not getting to the ball in time. Once it passes you, you're not running to the ball. You, I get it. Don Trepo's a big dude. But I'm saying, show some hustle out there. Oh, I'm sorry. Xavier Woods said that you don't play 100% on every single play. I'm sorry. So sorry. Mr. Woods, I'm so sorry. So sorry. But at least put in some effort, man. Everything Griffin, you don't know. You don't even know how to tackle. You don't know how to tackle a running back. It's ridiculous, man. It's it's been a consistent thing since the beginning of the season. At the level that we expected you to play, you're not even meeting half of that. You are well below ground on those expectations, and it's been very disappointing. And the fact that this coaching staff and this front office still thinks that those guys are the best on this team to play that position, it's actually pretty scary. It's actually pretty embarrassing. So I'm going to look at the film later on this week and, and say, okay, these are the specific plays I'm talking about. And then we'll look at it as a defensive unit. And do I see improvement? Yes, I do. It's going to be a work in progress. But I'm talking about those two specific players. And I'm not just talking about those two, two specific players that I'm going to call out later on this week. But those are just the first that come to mind because on every single play I can think of, they were a part of the problem. They gave up too many third and tens, third and nines. They gave up third and longs a lot in this game, especially early on. So what was my expectation in this game, ladies and gentlemen? It was for them to play a full 60 minutes. Did they do that? No, but at least they didn't give up 49 points. They gave up 34 points to the Giants, which is not a win at the end of the day. You lost your starting quarterback, which is not a win at the end of the day. 
So now you have a, an extended week because you play on Monday night against the Arizona Cardinals. Do I feel good about this team? I feel like they got, they can get by. They could probably win the division with this team. But will it be impressive? No. I love this offense, man. Jesus Christ, I love this offense. But do I think they'll match the same up-tempo and hype that they had with Dak Prescott? Absolutely not. Now, credit to Andy Dolan for making those two big throws to Michael Gallup. And Michael Gallup, who was silent for a lot of this game, came up big at the end. Uh, I, he, he, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. C.D. Lamb had himself a great day, too. 11 targets, 8 receptions, 124 yards. C.D. Lamb is just a fucking... Yeah. Like, yeah. You you know what I mean. If you know, you know. He's just really good. There was the concern that uh, Amari Cooper is starting to get a, a lesser percentage of the snaps. And they say he's healthy. They said that last year for a lot of the season where they're like, no, he's good, but he was dealing with so many injuries to his foot, to his hamstring, to his legs overall. And I feel like what I was hoping wouldn't happen when they signed that contract with him for five years. And I was like, look, I love Amari Cooper as a wide receiver and as a, as a man, as a guy, as a cowboy. I love this guy. But do I expect that money to be worth it? No. I, I do feel the injuries are a lot more of an issue than we expected. And even if he is healthy, there is something going on with Amari Cooper. He's a great wide receiver. He's one of the best receivers in the league. He's in top five of receiving yards. Maybe he got kicked off a little bit, a little bit lower because of his day on Sunday. He only had two receptions for 23 yards. But his route running is one of the best in the NFL. He's reliable. He, he has great hands. You know, he dealt with that issue early on in Oakland and even in Alabama where he, he did have some drop issues. But I feel like in this past year or so, he has really improved on that on that uh, problem, and he has been reliable. The only thing that's stopping him is the fact that he gets too many injuries. He is too injury prone, and they can say he's healthy all you want, but really in my head, I don't see it. I don't see a healthy Amari Cooper on the field right now. See a little bit of he's very he's a very monotone type of person. He's a very kept to himself person. He's not flamboyant. He's not expressive in any way. Very different from past Cowboys. Uh, wide receivers but I just feel like the body language is telling me the same thing that happened last year with his injuries you know he just feels like oh it's happening again I can't catch a break Th that's the type of things that I'm seeing even then even if he is not the first option I think CeeDee Lamb is becoming that number one option and Michael Gallup's a solid number two but then you got that boy Cedric Wilson baby who can who can catch and he can pass man through a touchdown, a dime to Dak Prescott for the touchdown on a trick play. And I'm going to review it this week because I want you to know that I have not seen a trick play executed perfectly by this team in a very, very long time. So when they executed that play along with Cedric Wilson making that play, I was so happy. It was the first time this season I felt proud of this offense. And that speaks volume for me, who's very critical about this football team. So... We're looking at the film later on this week. All in all, it's a 37-34 game, and I felt that it shouldn't have been that close. 
due to the mistakes by the Cowboys. And I even talked about the special teams. I truly believe that I'm not ready to say firing is in the picture, but I won't count it out. I think Jerry's going to give him time because he gave time to Jason Garrett. If he does the complete opposite with Mike McCarthy, I think he's a hypocrite at the end of the day. Just saying. But if you're going to give Mike McCarthy some time, I get that. But we got to evaluate what John Fossil was doing on the special teams. Because John Fossil is supposed to be a mastermind on special teams. He's supposed to be the guru. He, he's, he's Bones Fossil. He did so many great things on Los Angeles. He's well-respected Ren League as the special teams guy. He is the special teams guy. And I'm saying, you're getting not even lined up on a field goal that could have ended in a touchdown. You get a 12-man in the huddle penalty that gave the Giants three extra points rather than none that kept them in this football game. And on kickoff returns, you're still having Tony Pollard uh, return those kicks, which is absolutely stupid. He doesn't know how to do it. You can watch the film. He doesn't know. He's scared. He is in his own head about kicking off or returning a kickoff. And on putt returns, your blockers aren't doing anything. Like, it's ridiculous how bad of special teams they're playing right now. And we're supposed to have the guru on special team. So, I'll mention that as well in the film. So, overall, what do I think about this game? I'd say this is a typical Cowboys game that showed me nothing about what can change in the future. Do I see improvements? Yes. But there's a long road to go in order for this team to feel competent in defense and to be okay without their number one quarterback. Are they going to be better offensively? Hell no. Tony Dungy, Booger McFarland, how dare you disrespect Dak Prescott like that? And the wording of it, Tony Dungy especially, you said it's a blessing in disguise. I'm sorry? I'm sorry, but a blessing in disguise that their number one quarterback fractured his ankle and is out for the rest of the season? How dare you? How disrespectful. Anyways, what what else is there to talk about? Nothing, right? There's nothing. Hope you get better, Dak. Hope you get better, Tristan. Oh, man, it hurts. It really does hurt. And um, I think we're going to do an episode just on Dak Prescott. Maybe, maybe. But hey, he, he's in our in our thoughts and in our prayers. Uh, he's going to come back better than ever. I really, I really think so. 2021, Dak Prescott, MVP of the league, 100%. Oh, sorry, my bad. All right, this is going to do it for episode 175 of the Bobolette Sports Podcast. This has been the Cowboys versus Giants review. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to follow. Dude, we're, we're killing it right now. We're well over 1,000 listens on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're, we're getting consistent listens and consistent views on both YouTube and those other platforms. Make sure to subscribe, though. We're on 85 subscribers. You know we're on the road to 100, and I want to get that by the end of the year. So please, 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 please share the podcast with anybody so that way we can get it going. Later on today, we're doing winners and losers. Later on this week, we're doing the film session. Later on this week, we're also doing the preview from Monday night against the Cardinals. We're also going to come back and talk a little bit about the NBA Finals. That was a tremendous season for the Los Angeles Lakers. And uh, some other guests might come along. So keep that in mind. 
And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time on the Bubble Up Sports Podcast. Yeah, hold on. Tell me who's your top five quarterbacks right now, dead or alive, huh? And how much do you care about a ring if the best player got carried by the team? Mm. Now, would you lose if it been a better draft pick? And do you cuss when your team?